Before we begin this episode, we would first of all like to thank all of our listeners for their endless support. We would also like to invite you to visit us on our website at www.preptgrind.com where you can gain access to all of our PrePT Grind platforms as well as your own PrePT Grind ebook, free ebook titled The Top 10 Tips to Get into PT School. Our purpose with current and future content is to provide you with everything you need to be a stellar DPT school candidate. We look forward to serving you more and more. Enjoy the rest of this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming not only the best DPT student you can be, but also the best future physical therapist as well. On this episode, it's a very cool and special episode from the other side of the table. On this episode, we have Miss Deanna Hickman from University of Maryland Eastern Shore. She is the admissions coordinator for the physical therapy school, the physical therapy department. So I'm super excited for this episode to kind of get into the mind of what it's like on the other side of that laptop, that table, that interview chair. So, so welcome to the episode. So glad you're here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. That's crazy because for a long time, Casey and I, Casey and I have both said that the admissions coordinator is the most powerful person for y'all pre-PTs to know. So this is going to be good for you guys to hear from her perspective, really what she's looking at um, and what she's seen. So, some do's and don'ts even. We might head into that. And so uh, we're super excited, super, super excited. So thank you so much, Deanna, for joining us. Um, as, as we begin, though, what, like, what were your beginnings? Like, what led you into you know, getting into this role? Um, initially with like in Maryland. First of all, I'm pretty sure it's chilly right now, right? 30s, 40s? It's pretty cold and we keep having some storms roll through. It's in the like mid 40s, I think. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Y'all should just come down to Florida, you know, a steady 70, 80. (laughs) But no, so, so where, where did your, like, where did you begin um, in terms of getting involved with the physical therapy program that you are at currently? Okay. um, Well, I'd actually... When in my younger days, I was actually the director of the NASA Visitor Center at Walt's Flight Facility for a while. Um, and then I took some time off after I had my son. And uh, when I was ready to get back into the workforce, I found uh, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, and I started as an admin there in the um, rehabilitation department and was there for a little bit when the job opening came upstairs and it was, it was all, um, when I say upstairs, it literally is upstairs in the physical therapy department. Um, it was all within the school of pharmacy and health professions. So I was very familiar with the program and yeah, I was kind of happy where I was. So I, I wasn't really looking for anything else, but the department has such a great reputation and, you know, I knew that the department chair was, was pretty awesome. And so I, um, I went for it and got the job. So I, I, I just, I've loved it ever since. It makes me so happy. I love what I do. That's how I got there. That's amazing. Like, I just want to hear a little bit, just because I know, especially for our missions director um, at, at the school that Casey and I both, uh, both went to, it, you never really know. Like one person, it's maybe because they had a, you know, family member that was in physical therapy. And so they were associated with the program or whatever, but either way, um, you're not a physical therapist, right? So you, no, not at all. you're coming. So, so, so what's your background prior to, prior to even, you know, 
getting into this position? I, ca- I came to UMES with a bachelor's in psychology. And ah. while I've been at UMES, um, I've earned a um, master's of education in instructional technology. Okay, so she 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 knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. <laughs> now break break down this process to us. So we have so many pre-PTs that are frustrated about this process of applying. And so the biggest thing for a lot of pre-PTs today is they have fears that they're not good enough. They're comparing themselves to a lot of other students and saying, Well, that person has a 4.0, so I'm not gonna make the cut. But what Casey and I have learned over these past years is that there are ways to actually stand out. And so for you, when a pre-PT is coming in, whether it's for a campus visit uh, or they've come in for interviews, what are some of the things that you are looking for? Because the pre-PTs are really just kind of walking, they're walking into it blindly. They're saying, okay, I'm trying everything I can. I've, I've worked on my grades and all that stuff. But outside of the stuff on paper, like what? What are you looking for? What are the intangibles that you're looking for from the beginning? The, the intangibles. Okay, so, uh, you know, we want to see, first and foremost, we want to know that you can handle the rigors of the coursework. Because, um, you know, it is, it is a very, very rigorous program. So it's very science heavy. Um, you know, there's the maths. And, and so we want to see that, that you can handle that as you come in. We also have to look at the personality side of it uh, as well, because you're going to be um, going out on clinicals and affiliations. And so we want to know that you can work well with the professionals out in those settings as well. So it's, it's really a holistic kind of a, a whole person approach. But first and foremost, we really do need to see that you can handle that course load. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, I get a lot of questions about the, the minimum um, GPA, and we, we personally have a 3.0 for, um, and I think a lot of grad schools, it's going to be a 3.0. Um, not all of them, of course, but uh, for the overall GPA, and then we do a math science GPA calculation, and that's a 3.0 as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for your school, can you tell us, you kind of already went into that a little bit, but a little bit more about the admissions process for your program? Is it rolling? Do you just take all the, you know, applicants at one time, then process them? Do you have, you know, a, a, a point system? Uh, what is that? What is that like for your program? Um, well, our program is rolling admissions. We start when PTCAS opens in July um, for the following fall. Uh, I think um, some programs may start in May. Um, so we're just, we're a fall program. Um, we do rolling, so we'll start right off the bat with interviews starting in early September. Um, we have to, to do the early decision candidates and then any other candidates that we want to see that have their stuff in early. We do that first round of interviews, and then we'll have some other interviews throughout the course of the admission cycle as well. But generally, we do one early September simply because we have to have those early decisions in by the end of September. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. off of that, off the early admissions, after that's done, um, what do you go off from there? Is it okay, every, uh, everybody above a 3.5 kind of gets an interview? Or do you just take it as they come? Okay, they have this certain level GPA there in this category, or, you know, they're above a 3.7, they're here, their GREs like that. Um, then how do you go off after the grades? What do you look for after that? Okay, they, they met that cut. They can handle the rigor. 
Um, you talked about it a little before, but what else, like what comes next after you see that they can handle it? What's next for you? Okay. So we, we say, looked at the G uh, the GPAs and they're above 3.0. There our average is about three, five for both of those. Um, then we're going to look at the GREs, kind of see where those stand. Um, once we kind of get an idea that you can handle that, um, you know, then we just start, I guess, looking through and deciding who's going to come in for an interview. Um, I can't go into too much detail about how, you know, we do that. <laughs> it's, uh, everybody has their own process. Um, but, you know, we make those selections, um, make sure everybody has prereqs in place, you can apply with having outstanding prereqs, but we generally don't want to see more than three outstanding. So if you have more than three prereqs, we can't, it's hard for us to judge how well you can handle those math science courses. You know, if, they're, if, if you haven't done, say, your physics or chem and an AP, you know, we want to see more than, more than that. So once we have determined that you're qualified for an interview, we want to bring you in. Um, we have to coordinate with our grad office. We have a supplemental application that has to be done as well, so we need to make sure that that's completed. And then we start contacting and asking people to come in for interviews. And that's where it gets, you know, all about personality. So we'll talk about things like your observation hours, where you did those, who you worked with, what you learned while you were there, how you came, you know, to be interested in the profession. So all of those things are going to come into play when you come in for the interview. Hmm. And so, okay. So, so, so now going into the interviews, uh, mm -hmm. and I know there's very limited, you know, amounts that can be shared because yeah, you're right. Most programs do have a very different process, but I know that there are some underlying things that are very similar in terms of, mm -hmm. in terms of that process. Now, everything from like presentation and how the student carries themselves, right? A lot of times, as pre-PTs, like, I know I thought that it was all about, you know, what I could bring, you know, on paper. But the reality of it is, I've already applied. You've already seen the stuff on paper. Now it's the person, right? So, so, so what, are, what are some things that you can tell us in terms of the human aspect of an interview that can be of benefit to pre-PTs? Because I think a lot of times we feel as though it's a human-to-system interview. Like, it's almost like we're interviewing with the building, right? But in reality, it's like you're interviewing with somebody else. You're interviewing right. with another human being, which means that there are a lot of characteristics about our personalities, about how we are as humans, about how we carry ourselves, about our confidence and how we listen to the, you know, like being more intentional. I mean, we always say be, be more interested in the mm -hmm. program than interesting because everyone is always ready to kind of pull out of their back pocket. Oh, I've done this. I've done that. I mean, we always say be more interested in what they have and then right. also interested in what you've done. But what are some other things that are like for that human element of the interview process that can be of benefit to a pre-PT that really wants to show out? Right. Uh, well, for starters, when you show up, be professionally dressed. So you're, you're selling yourself and you want to look good. So, you know, we want to see you guys in a suit. Um, a lot of our uh, interviewers are really serious about wanting to see a tie. So you know, just dress professionally, Profe um, present yourself professionally as well. So remember that you are selling yourself, but also remember, you know, that you're trying to see if you're a good fit for us too. So it's not just about trying to impress us. It's trying to 
ask those questions and dig a little bit deeper to make sure we're the right school for you as well. So, you know, make sure that you've gone through the website, that you know about the school, so you're not asking questions that you could have simply found yourself in a two-minute search through the website. So, you know, ask just really pointed um, questions that are maybe applicable specifically to you. Yep. Hey, we say that so much, but I think, I think it kind of, you know, goes in one ear and out the other because they just hear us. They see us all the time. But, you know, coming from you, hopefully it sticks a little bit harder or it hits a different part of their brain where they get it. Like they understand, like that's what they're looking for. That's what you, that's what you need to do. So right. we understand that you're going to be a little nervous too. You're going to come in, especially if it's your first time around, <laughs> you're going to be, you know, you're going to be a little guarded. You're going to be watching what you say a little bit. You know, we, we understand that we can see that. Just try to try to let your personality show. So just don't be, you know, sitting there like a piece of wood trying to be super duper professional and not show any of your personality. Because The last thing our instructors want is a whole class full of wooden statues mm. that, you know, when class starts. We, we really want personality and, and we want a class. We, our students are amazing and they're full of personality and we love them. They're like just a big old family. So we, we want that. We want to, to know that you're going to kind of fit and, and be a part of our family. You're real people, right? Mm -hmm. You're humans. Right. So just be human in that interview process <laughs> and the email, all that good stuff. So mm -hmm. with, with that, what if the students are not getting a call for the interview or not hearing anything back from their application? Um, mm. We get that a lot. Like, you know, should I email some more? Should I call and check up? I haven't heard anything. From your perspective with, you know, having hundreds, possibly thousands of applicants, what do you feel is the best way for, you know, students to go about that process? Right. Um, you know, a lot of schools are going to deal with this very differently. So, and I've heard that some schools really don't like to you to call in. Even on, on your Facebook page, I've, I was reading some of the posts and, I guess some of the programs are don't call, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. Um, we generally, when we get the application through PTCAS and I go through and I review pretty much all of them <laughs> myself, I have one other person who kind of helps me go through them too, but when we get them, we send out an uh, email that says we've received it, it's under review, we'll let you know if we need something else. Generally, you know, I will contact you if I, if I do need anything else. But I don't mind when students contact me or, you know, if a candidate calls me up and says, hey, you know, I, I sent this in, want to make sure you got everything or whatever you do. It, it's a lot of people think that that's going to help them because they're kind of getting their name out there. It, it doesn't really do that so much, but it doesn't hurt you as well. So it, it's not going to hurt. And I'm the kind of person I, I don't mind the calls. I, they call me all day. <laughs> so that's kind of what I do. It's, it's why I love my job is that interaction. So when people call me up and they say, where do I stand? Or if they want some advice or anything, I'm, I'm happy to try to help in any way that I can. Now, having said that, you know, nobody wants you to call them every day or even every single week because really there's not much more that you can tell. And it just yeah. it puts the admissions coordinator in a position where, you know, they just really don't know what to tell you anymore. So 
that doesn't really help. But to call, you know, every every month or so and just say, hey, I'm just checking in where we are in the process, I'm fine with that. I don't know how other programs react to that. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So, so another question is now, now we're a little further in. So we're mm -hmm. at the point where students are getting accepted into programs and mm -hmm. you've maybe accepted them. My first question is if, if a student gets accepted to your program and mm -hmm. is waiting for another program and they're saying, okay, like I want to debate between these two programs or they've been accepted elsewhere and now they're waiting for an acceptance from you. How, what's the appropriate way to go about that? So let's say I've been accepted at a university and I want to go to your school. I'm like, you're my number one school and I haven't even gotten like the response yet, like to even tell me whether I'm, you know, waitlisted or I denied or accepted or whatever. Like, is there an appropriate way to have that conversation to like, because I think like to a large degree, I think programs know, you know, within a good period who they want and who they don't and who's going to be waitlisted. Is there an appropriate way for a student to have that conversation with programs? Maybe, you know, find out a little sooner in case they are given a time limit with the other university just so it's appropriate or is there really no way around that? Um, well, that can be a little bit tricky just because we have procedures that we have to follow. So, you okay. know, we, we have to kind of go through the proper procedures as we go through. So I can't really, I can't really say to somebody, you know, oh yeah, we definitely are, are going to waitlist you or we're definitely, you know, we like you, but you know, we can't tell you anything right now. <laughs> so it, it gets yeah. a little bit tricky and, and I get those calls a lot. Um, and the, the most I can say sometimes is, okay, we've mailed you a letter. Um, and you should be getting it within the next three to four days, or you should be hearing from us within the next couple of weeks. I mean, I can, I can give you information like that. Um, I can't really tell you what the decision is. So okay. if, if a decision has been made, I can't really tell you what it is at that point. Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, I can, I can tell you maybe that something's been made or you're, but you're going to hear something soon, but I can't really tell you what it is. Oh, yeah, no, that makes perfect, perfect sense. And, and I think what we also tell students is, like, because so, really what the problem is, is, like, having that, like, down payment that you mm -hmm. have to get to the university. And so sure. sometimes you just kind of have to bite the bullet. And if you do the down payment and down the line, it kind of works in your favor. You can pick the school and whatever. But at the end of the day, other programs are also understanding. Like, I've, mm -hmm. I've heard of students that were able to talk to a university and say, hey, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in between two, two universities. Would you, like, is it okay if I get, like, a little bit more of a time frame? And so it's really trying to communicate with the two programs. And at the end of the day, if it's not feasible, you bite the bullet and you maybe put the down payment for one and you just wait for the other response. And so right. you can't really lose that way. Um, and so now let's say a student has been accepted to your program or another program and then they get an acceptance down the line. Right. Now they've, they've accepted one school, but now the school that they were looking for then contacts them and says, hey, we want you to come in. Maybe because they had initially been waitlisted. Um, mm -hmm. And so now maybe two months later, the school's like, actually, we have a spot for you. And that's your, like, what's, what's the proper way? If the student is convinced they want to go to that new school, because I know this happens. At my program, I, re I remember I got two classmates that graduated with me who showed up like the week of school. They're like, hey, we just got accepted into the program. Same. And it was because 
And it was because some changes happened last minute. So I know it happens a lot. But what is the most appropriate way for a student to go through that process of communicating? Because it's, it's tough. I was on right. a call recently with a student who was struggling with this asset. They're like, I know what decision I have to make, but I don't want it to look bad. And so they didn't know how to have that conversation. What's the most appropriate way for a student to go through that? Um, generally, I receive an email. Um, I have received phone calls. A lot of times I'll just receive a very polite email that says, thank you very much for your um, offer of admission. Um, you know, although I was excited to attend your school, I received another one. And, and it's nice. We like to know where you accepted to. So if you can tell us where you're going, that's helpful for us to, to kind of know you know, I guess what our, not competition is, but like, if you know, <laughs> where, where are you guys going, <laughs> you know, so I'll ask sometimes, I'll say, hey, so, okay, where are you going? Um, and so Identify the schools that are taking all your students. Yeah, well, yeah, that happens, you know. <laughs> so, and, you know, and we, we may be taking somebody else's students, you don't know. So, every, you know, everybody has their reasons. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's just a very simple thing and and they'll just say you know i need to go to a school that's closer to home you know or i need to go they're out of state and you know i need to go to an in-state school because it's it's more affordable so there there are lots of valid reasons why you may you know have accepted us but then you know the school that that is closer to home or in state might be a little bit more convenient for you and you just you know you just try to be as polite as possible and let us know and the best thing you can do is let us know as soon as you make that decision because then we can fill that seat because that opens up a vacancy for us. So we need to fill that seat as soon as possible. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You have to be in consideration of the program and filling up those seats. You're, you're, you're very correct. Is there a point where it's too late, where it's a little, little last minute? Um, um, well, that is kind of the point of the wait list. You know, we, we yeah. keep our wait list open straight up through summer. And if, if somebody decides to go somewhere else or if they can't attend for some other reason and a spot opens up, we'll definitely right up until school starts, we can call somebody off that wait list. So okay. one of the things you may want to remember if you're wait listed is to have all those prerequisites done. Because mm. if you don't, if you've said, oh, well, I'm probably not going to get in. So you didn't take your math prereq. And then we call you up and you don't have it done. Then we're calling the next person on the list. Wow. So, yeah, wow. don't lose that opportunity. I like that a lot. That Be one's prepared. key right there. Be prepared. Yep. So uh, one of my last questions before we hop into the last, the final two questions. Uh, stepping back a bit to the campus visit. Um, if someone wants a campus visit or maybe like a video call or, you know, something to that effect, like visiting the campus first, is there an appropriate way or is there a way that you prefer, like the student asks for that? Then uh -huh. does putting a face to the application uh, help at all um, or does it really matter? Um, for me, I, I kind of like putting a face with the application personally. Um, I, like I said, I can only really speak to UMES. So I, you know, I don't know what other schools do a lot. Our, our program is smaller. We have 34 seats, um, three classes of 34 seats. So it's, it is a little bit more of an intimate situation than a class. You know, say you have 90 in one class. So, you know, we kind of like to, to meet those people and, and get to know them. Now, having said that, if you are looking to visit a campus, check to see if they have an open house. Um, ours is generally in October. Um, 
and you can sign up to, to go to that. If that doesn't work for you, check to see if they have other visitation times. I know we have an online um, little form that you can fill out for visitation and we have a day, it's the third Friday of each month. Um, so you can just sign up and come in and, and we'll take you on a tour, talk about your transcript, give you any kind of you know, admissions counseling that you want at that time. If none of those days work for you, then generally if somebody calls me up and says, hey, you know, I'm out of state and the only day I can get here is this day or, you know, this time frame, I'm almost always going to try to work with them if I'm available. You know, I, that's what I do. So I don't mind taking time to give somebody a tour or talk to them. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Man, Deanna, thank you so much for everything you've shared. This, this like, Casey's right. Like, we've there's so much that we've tried to like tell, tell pre PTs, but, but it does hold a different weight Absolutely. when, when you come on here and you say, this is really what I'm looking for. This is what we're looking, you know? And so like, thank you so much for that. But as we conclude, I want to like, is there one piece of advice that, that you would tell a young pre PT um, today? Um, one piece of advice based on all the different students that have come through, um, whether good interviews, bad interviews, good applications, bad applications. Is there one general piece of advice that you feel that pre-PTs, whether you're three years away from applying or you're applying this coming cycle, could value? <laughs> oh my gosh, only one? Um, okay, <laughs> two. If you want two or three, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, um, okay, so the, my biggest things that I generally tell are, you know, start early. So pay attention, try, you know, I know some people don't figure it out until a little bit later and then maybe you kind of bombed your classes and you, you need to go back and retake some of those classes. So as soon as you figure it out, get those math science grades up um, as high as you can because that's a big, big deal. The second thing um, is when you go into your GREs, don't go in blind, have, you know, prepare for it. Um, take, I know Barnes and Nobles has paper tests. You can probably find apps. You can go online and find sample questions. Do, do all of those things so that when you walk into the GRE, you are not blindsided. So you, you want to, we don't have a minimum, but you know, it definitely does play, you know, a part in when we're looking at your application. So just definitely be prepared for that when you go in. And then the last thing would be when it's time to apply, if your school is rolling admissions like ours, make sure that you apply early because if you think about it in the very beginning not everyone has put in their application yet so our deadline is december 1st by the time december 1st rolls around you're competing with with every single person who's put in an application we get around 600 at least for 34 spots so if you apply in july september you're competing against far fewer people then you would be at the end of that cycle. Mm. So those are the big things. Boom. Don't wait till the last minute. Hey, no, really, I really. couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. <laughs> um, so, so for my last one, um, you don't have to, you know, make this specific to UMES, but mm -hmm. if you had like a personal DPT school that wasn't UMES, what would be your like ideal candidate or applicant that you would look for? What would they look like? What would they be like? Um, how would they be for your perfect program? Oh my gosh. Um, 
Well, I mean, they would, they would have they would have the grades. They would have that you know that stellar GPA. Um, they will have done at least you know above average on the GREs. They will have lots and lots and lots of observation hours in multiple settings. So you know they've seen brain injuries and they've seen um, nursing homes and they've seen hospitals and you know so all of those different settings. They, they kind of have an idea of where they want to go, but they're extremely open-minded. So maybe they're thinking at the time that they certainly wouldn't ever want to work in you know, a nursing home, but you know, they're open-minded. So maybe a year in, they're going to be like, oh, you know, this is, this is actually great. I might actually like to do this. So somebody who's, who's really going to be open to all of those experiences. Um, I mean, those are the, I guess those are the big things and just, pleasant personality make me laugh because my students come in and they make me laugh all the time and it just they're so endearing I, I love them perfect y'all know y'all know the way to Deanna's heart now make her <laughs> laugh that's right what's your, what's your favorite food they need to know you know what's to bring with them <laughs> my favorite food well I had one bring me chocolate chip cookies this year hey. he, said, he said that I had done so much to help him like get prepared when he was coming in so oh, that's so cool I, and actually, I think he had his girlfriend make the cookies, but but that's okay. They're still cookies, you know. So that was he great. show up with them. That's all that matters, right? The chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> oh man, dear, yeah, thank you so much, so much, so much for your time. I'm I'm wondering, like, if there are uh, pre PT students um, or listeners of this podcast that want to know um, any way in which they can access you, because they've mm-hmm. heard you and they're saying, okay, we want to you know inquire more not only about your program, but but about mm-hmm. some of the things that you've talked about during this episode. Is there a way that would be uh, best to reach you? An email, uh, an online platform? What's the best way to get access to you? Um, email or phone, either one is fine. Um, my, I can, you want me to give you those numbers? I can yes, tell ma'am. you right now. Yep. All right, well, my email is dlhickman. So it's d-l-h-i-c-k-m-a-n at u-m-e-s dot e-d-u. Mm-hmm. And you can call me up. My number is 410-651-6334. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, we, we have an awesome program. So, you know, definitely consider UMES. So, you know. And y'all know how to get in now. So, <laughs> so, so this is it. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we really do appreciate you showing up and, mm-hmm. and really just helping pre-PTs understand what's on the other side of the table. I think that's that's a big step for a lot of them to really understand what, what you're thinking on the sure. other side. Cause half the time as pre PTs we're scared senseless because we're like, we don't know what, what, um, what the faculty is thinking. And then you as a really powerful individual in this whole process of getting into the PT program. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for what you guys do. And I'll be hanging out around your um, Facebook page and answering questions here and there when I can. So no, oh, we never. appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate it. We, and for our listeners, for our listeners, you guys know where to find us. Go to www.prebtgrind.com and you guys will get access to everything that we have. Um, and like always, we look forward to seeing you guys next week on the PrePT Grind podcast. You all have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PrePT Grind podcast. This show has been brought to you by the PrePT Success Program, a program designed to take PrePT students and help them become excellent DPT school candidates without wasting years of frustration during the application process. 
to learn and master Pre-PT Grind's six-step process that will get you into physical therapy school. The Pre-PT Success Program is exactly what you have been looking for. Reach out to us at contactpreptgrind.com, aka our Facebook Messenger. And thank you once again for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing you next week on the Pre-PT Grind 